Music lovers, you are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glass of the Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. We are so happy to have you back down here yet again uh, for our Sounds of Washington, D.C. series. Uh, this is the fourth installment, and what we do here is uh, we try to sort of shine a light on the city that we love, the city we live in, the nation's capital, uh, to show you that it doesn't all suck. There's a lot of great stuff going on here, and so we try to bring you uh, some of the stuff. It might not even be the best, but it's what, what is really... Uh, Peaking our interest. And sometimes we have uh, artists down here. We've had April and Vista down here to talk. We've had Ben Schur from Plate Records, Philip from Broke Royals, uh, David from a band called uh, Mystery Friends. Uh, this week, though, it's just sort of one of our usual panels. We got Eduardo down here. You know him. Vivian is back. And uh, Mr. Marcus K. Dowling is hanging out. And, uh, and we're going to be spinning a few tracks for you. We're going to spin the likes of Brenda, a band I love, Dove Lady. Another band I love, uh, a couple others, The Blackbirds, uh, Tired All the Time. That's a new one, and um, or a new one to me and a new one to Eduardo. And then and then we're going to have a, a uh, sort of serious discussion about arts in the city. So it's actually kind of a two-parter. You get to about, looks like an hour, maybe, and that's, that's the tracks. And then after that, we go on for another like half hour uh, talking about um, the, uh, the cultural... Um, excavation that has gone on and uh what people are doing to try to bring it back and it is uh we're talking about a uh, local event recently in somewhat the funk parade here in dc but it is really in my belief every town every town has this problem the arts aren't funded as well and and every town has something like this going on and so it's we're not necessarily uh providing all the solutions or too many solutions but really just asking questions that uh, we think need to be asked, and then maybe somebody, uh, maybe somebody smarter than us will have the answer. How about that? There's a lot of people smarter than us, uh, so that's what we're doing. And so, if you guys are ready, head on down to the basement. I will talk to you a little bit on the other side of this. Uh, let's go down and and spend some time with my friends talking about uh, the fourth installment in our series, "The Sounds of Washington D.C." Yeah, you're not supposed to think you're a genius to be oh a genius. Oh my god, I'm really stupid. What can I say? That, <laughs> Someone else has to tell me I'm a genius. Welcome to the podcast, uh, New Age Self Actualization. <laughs> so this we're just gonna tell more. we're just gonna tell ourselves how dumb we more. are for an hour, and you callers can call in and tell us how dumb we are. <laughs> just insult away. Uh, it, it worked for Marcus. 
Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it does. Vivian, Vivian told you what's up, and now look at you. You're 40. You're grown. Oh, I am. You don't need a thing. <laughs> no, I really do. I really it's, do. It's kind of amazing. Um, Are we going to get a quick recap of Dowling Palooza on Saturday night? I mean, Can we? We 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 pop mini because you are in the DC music scene. Yeah, you're on, you're on panels and stuff. I am. You, you do I a lot am. of things I, like uh, that. So I drank some champagne with yeah. some friends at Decades Nightclub on the '90s floor. Um, nobody really got hung over. It was uh, you know hung out until three thirty in the morning. Oof. And uh, that is not a forty year old's pastime, man. No, <laughs> I got it. Not a twenty two year old's pastime either. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Went to Surfside. Uh, one of my friends, you know, like decided she wanted to get into a, a fist fight at five o'clock in the morning. Did she? Did she punch first? Did no. she win? She she won. I mean, okay. It was, oh, it was, I mean, it was it was a. Wow. That's always the important question. Yeah, it was a night and a half. X so, win. Yeah, so I mean, so it was, you know, it's, it's a typical night of DC nightlife. Now, I, I, I found it to be funny that, and this actually dovetails nicely to our conversation here, um, that. Dove ladies. Dove. <laughs> I mean, it does. Yeah. It does, no less. Um, no one but us gets that. It's so good. You will. You will in a second. You all, yeah. you all will get so, it in a few minutes. So, uh, so it's it's strange because it's like there's really no like defining culture of the nation's capital right now. Like, right. It's kind of like evolving and developing, and you you get a sense of like some people kind of like being perfectly okay with that. I feel like everything is an anti-culture. Like everyone defines themselves as what they're anti. Right. Yeah. Did you guys read this thing about the competing goth parties on L Street? It's, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a Whoa. huge thing. There's two competing goth parties that are on like one's at recessions and I forget where the other one is. And they're both on Saturday nights. Right. And there's like, about the sharp, one at recessions. Yeah. yeah. And there's a sharp age divide and like one group is a splinter group of another. And a few people I, frequent both parties, but most people have had to choose sides in the... Did you bring notes? Because this is a lot to take in. It's, it's, a, <laughs> I, it's a lot of information. Is this, like, is this people who, who, who self-identify as goth, but don't go all the way? They don't like dress... I've never seen a goth in D.C. is what I'm saying. What the fuck are you talking about? No, they, 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 they exist. They exist. I, huh. prom I promise you they do. Um, so now we have Goths goth in D.C. has been like a thing for a long time. Okay. Now. Yeah, it's a thing. Maybe that's the next edition of this series. Yeah, definitely. Goth in DC. Oh, I'm, I'm down for it. I'll have to. Does, I mean, do we know any bands? I mean, I'm sure that there's some punk bands that lean goth. Huh. That's a thing. So, okay. Goth punks are definitely a thing. Maybe we should attend these two competing parties and then yeah. figure out. Okay. Do some interviews. What the, what the goth kids are listening to. <laughs> Would the goths be listening to us so they could like invite us and give us the information or do we have to reach out? We probably have to reach out. So it's already <laughs> going to be uphill. Most of <laughs> do you think. Uh, and then we're going to get into this. <laughs> do, do you think that you'll be able to wipe the stench of 311 off you enough that they let I you in pass, the door? I can pass, man. You can pass? <laughs> I can pass for God. Okay. I, think, okay. I think his amber-colored energy will do it. Will oh, be enough to okay. you know. Good. I can uh, overcome. I can channel the crow soundtrack. All right, for All right. a couple of hours. Cool. Excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> we we get one 311 mention every month. One per okay. month. That's our allotment. That we just did it. Uh, but no, we're here to talk about DC uh, music. Uh, for the this is the fourth installment of this, I believe. So, uh, people you heard here: Vivian, hello, Marcus Dowling, hey. Eduardo Nunes, 
Nunez. Not related. Not related yeah. to the congressman. Let's not just related. <laughs> yeah. No relationship. No relation. Except he's your uncle. What? <laughs> Do not know that's that. That's out man. there. That's out there. Do not there. know that man. Um, my know, tables at restaurants get increasingly worse now that I have to give my last name. Also, I'm just saying that they're like, "Oh, you're a noon, so you're gonna sit in the back." Like, I'm surprised they just he's don't take you out on the street and beat your ass. <laughs> Come on, uh, DC, get woke, please. No, <laughs> uh, no, but we we focused a lot. Uh, we've done one on GoGo. We've done stuff. We had uh, Ben from Blight over here. You were here for that one, Vivian. And and I wanted to. Uh, we like to sort of touch on certain aspects of of our DC community here uh, when we do these. And we haven't got to DIY yet. And this isn't going to be a deep dive in it because there's some people we want to have on who are in deep into the DIY community that we're going to have talk about this later on. But that's why we're doing twelve. Here, here. But Down but this is stuff that's going on in the future, in the past, and uh, and something that's going. I'm going to kick things off. Uh, a little band called Brenda. Now they've been around, I think, since maybe 2012. I could be wrong. They've actually been down here in this basement. You can I'll put the thing in the show notes. Uh, one of their members moved to Pittsburgh, but now uh, Leia, who is in Stronger Sex, Alex, Christian, and Dave Lesser. Uh, they they uh, their output is sporadic, but when it, it when it happens. It's like, why isn't this band fucking doing more? Uh, and uh, that is the eternal question. They don't know the answer. But but when they do do it, it's kind of rad. So uh, they just put out a new EP, and uh, I'm going to play a song from it. The name of the track is $5 Shake.
Capitalism Be Damned. Uh, that is $5 Shake uh, off their new EP. Thanks for playing. Uh, like I said, these guys are in so many bands around D.C. It's, it's unreal. Uh, Leia and Stronger Sex, she's been with North Country. She runs Bathtub Republic. Uh, Dave, uh, I think he's in the Beehive, maybe. Uh, there's a place on Florida. They, they, they're just a vital part of this underground scene. So when they come together, um, it's always it's always a little messy. And it's always groovy. Like there's a there's a distinct mm-hmm. groove to that that I don't hear anybody doing in DC. And uh, part, I mean, look, there's no shame in wanting to be David Byrne and talking. <laughs> I was, yeah, it's intriguing you mentioned that because there was like two things that stuck out in my head. Mm. Number one, I'm a huge fan of Talking Heads, so like that like impulse hit yeah. me. Then there's this kind of like math rock thing that's happening, and yep. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then it's like I had to think about it because I hadn't thought about this song in like 20 years, but. What's your take on Cassavetes by La Tigra? Okay. Like that popped in my head and I was like, oh, okay. So that's the thing that I feel like if you're going to say that like DC and Brooklyn have this like weird like kinship happening right now, that there's a space for this type of sound. Do we want to get synergy? Symbiotic? Yeah. Or is it symbiotic? Which is it? The controversy. Symbiotic. I always go with. Sponsored uh, by Venom. yeah so i feel like there's a real space that if you're going to say that there's this like desire for dc as a scene to kind of like evolve in this brooklyn-esque direction because we have these you know kids who are coming from all over the place to just kind of like land here and do a thing um that sound always kind of like resonates with that kind of scene yep so just to like hear that and like to feel that i mean the only thing that's missing is that there's like the the little tigra thing is a little bit more like you know energetic and like heavier harder punk but this guy's a kind of like you know like again like mathy kind of like almost nerdy I'd, I'd say it's a math feel to it. It's one of Paul Vodra's favorite bands. Uh, I love them. I've seen him play. They're fun as hell. They played uh, they played above the Bayou. I think their last show. Cool. Uh, one of them and uh, yeah, if I, I like somewhere inside, I know they have like a masterpiece. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but right. Keep paying attention. Keep tuning they need, in. They need a hook. Yeah. There's like I'll, I'll tell them straight up. They need a hook. Yeah. Well, there's a thing I really like about that, about that, that genre of music, and I'm not quite sure kind of how to describe it. But, and, and, you know, I think what happens is that there's, there's always going to be bands that sound like that. Mm -hmm. And, and most people at an early age, when you start to get into music, chances are the bands that you were going to see live sounded a little bit like that. And so you just assume, so in my mind, I go straight to the nineties because of my age, but in fact, like that could have been a sound out of Athens and kind of the pre-murmur. Absolutely, Pylon. Right, Pylon, yeah, absolutely. Yep, which they're fans of. I mean, yeah. you can't make this kind of music and not be a fan of like pre, pre-murmur, pre like Chronic Town, R.E.M., uh, Pylon, uh, I think Rocketeens, then the yeah. ones they're coming back, like stuff like that. It's a, it's a mix of like surf, uh, a little southern, more southern than like than yep. Talking Heads, which mixed in more Afrobeat, and it's uh, it's a cool sound. Yeah, it really is. Really and is. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that there are still bands that sound like that. Yeah. Like, I just think there always should be bands that sound like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're up next, Eduardo. We got. Yeah, so uh, we were joking earlier. This uh, this is a band and a song that could probably serve as a stand in for my autobiography. So the <laughs> name of the band is Tired All the Time, and the name of the song is Dumber Than I Think I Am. And the name <laughs> of the album is Please Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a perfect storm of Eduardo feelings. Um, <laughs> And uh, this is, yeah, this is actually, this album came out in, uh, in March of 2017. I listened to it a, a ton around the time it came out. And it was, what got me initially about it was that it had very kind of distinctively 
sort of early 90s matador-esque sounds that I immediately respond to because I'm uh, well-programmed. Yeah. Um, but but they do enough interesting uh, things. There's a couple of, um, like, the there's a song that we're not going to play off of this called Bloody Toothbrush, which is just weird and melodic and slow and kind of amazing. Um, they, uh, I messaged with the band a little bit today, um, and they're really, they, you know, they, the, the song Christian memes is a song that they want people to hear. And that's sort of a very kind of hard driving, uh, uh, almost sort of like, um, dinosaur junior esque song, Ooh. uh, at times that, that, that evokes, that is sort of lyrically built on the idea of, uh, the captions that you would see written on, on memes. Um, one of the really cool things about this band that got me uh, just kind of right off the bat, too, is is the way that they, like on their band campsite, most of the band, like the band's bio and their roles, it's all sort of written in this weird corporate vision statement kind of language, <laughs> nice. um, which is brilliant. And we see a ton of pitches, right? And, yeah. and sometimes they try to be cute and they don't work. Um, and so there's something kind of conceptually fun that's happening here. Um, but... Uh, but like I said, they um they uh, we messaged a couple times on on Facebook, and I I know very little about them because I was so into the mystique of this corporate speak that they were using on their Bandcamp site that I haven't tried to figure out their names or anything. Um, but they are uh, uh they are responsive, and um uh, what I'm really excited for is that they're actually wrapping up a new album. Nice. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk about that uh, a little bit later. It's going to have a little bit uh, what they're describing as a little bit more of a focused sound. Um, and, uh, it'll be called be well. And, and what they said is that the sound will be somewhere between Christian memes, which is more of a hard driving song and, and this song dumber than cool. I think I am, which is sort of slower and moodier. Right. Let's get into it. Dumber than I think I am.
And so that was Dumber Than I Think I Am by Tired All the Time off of the album Please Stop. As a reminder, these are uh, my my three uh, taglines <laughs> if you need to find me. I'm probably saying one of those three things. Oh, poor said Wardo. <laughs> poor said Wardo. Vivian, you were saying something about the uh, cover art here. Right, yeah. I just looked up... Um, so there's this artist I follow on Instagram. Um... Let me see if I can find, um, but basically he does, um, like you were saying fractals is Mm -hmm. what it's called, but he does these graphic, um, computer design generated, um, pieces that are little videos of like random characters kind of in similar colors and shapes as the cover. The cover is, it's, it's sort of like a, a fuchsia purple. Yeah. It looks like somebody is pulling their stretching face off or it's like (laughs) it's like a weirdly impossible image of like a human maybe and a bed yeah there was some there's some oh you know what it is silent hill Mm. yeah the silent hill the silent hill (laughs) yes yes so uh his name is esteban diacono okay okay yeah okay all right we'll put it in the show notes look it up and look them up uh and uh and now you're up Talking right, about a band, okay. that, talking about a band that I fucking love. Wait, really, Dudley? Yeah, I fucking love. Wait, okay, I know I, I, my I, friend no is like housemates with them. Are you serious? Yeah. So I, I will tell you, Jeremy Ray yeah. is the truth on guitar. Oh my god, Jeremy Ray, <laughs> Jeremy Ray really is cool. so fucking absurdly good on yeah. guitar. I I randomly saw them uh, play a show at when Paper House, which is a local DI. If you're not in DC, it's a local DI, DIY thing run by Alex Tableff of the band Paper House. And uh, for years they had shows up in was it Petworth? I think. Yeah, Petworth. Yeah, and then uh, they moved up here in Brooklyn, just right up the road. Our friend Sean Barna lived up there for a while. Shout out to Sean. Uh, they had maybe four or five shows. It just didn't didn't work out. They they moved since then. But one of them was uh, our friend Jamal Nagchampa. Yeah. Uh, there was a band from Brooklyn, and these fucking kids, and I'd never seen them, and I just walked up. And I walked in, and like Jeremy was fucking just going off. I was like, oh, "What is happening right now? Why can you play that?" One? I talked to him after, and he was like, "Yeah, I've been playing for like two years." I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> Completely blew my mind. Yeah, but like, so so you know these guys' music? Like, it's- yeah. So I actually hadn't even heard their music until really recently, like yesterday. And I was just asking my friend because actually they're in a band that I was like, "Do you mm-hmm. want to?" like send me some music and I'll like feature you. And they were like, no, like you need to check these people out. And so I just started listening to their music and I was really struck by how captivating it is and how each album is so different because yeah. they have, I think seven albums on Bandcamp. Yep. Um, one, one on streaming, which is mm-hmm. called yeah. just seven. one. Yeah. Damn. One. And then like a through F mm-hmm. and this one is off of F the song I chose. Um, I really like this song because it's just so like, there's something that's so captivating about how experimental and I would call it noise almost. It's almost. It's it's just so I just But the really talent like and, and and it's tell you, it's a duo. It's him and Andrew yeah. Tholly. Yeah. And 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 they uh and I and no hyperbole. It's like walking in the room and seeing Nirvana playing in mm-hmm. your house. Yeah, I wrote down the things that I thought of when I heard it was goril- the Gorillas, the Beatles, and Bonnie Vare. Like, yep. That's it's it's, all of it. Huh. And they, they do all of it. And not yeah. all of it's guitar. Not all of it, I mean, they, they go yeah. all over the map. They're just making fucking music. Yeah. And, and it's great. I'm so glad you picked this one. But uh, Occupation from Double A. 
from um, F but another song that I really like um, was off of the album E and it's called Slapback and mm. that one reminds me more of kind of transitioning from hip hop into folky almost Yeah, and I think if you listen to all of their albums on Bandcamp or just kind of even sprinklings of all the albums you kind of get a sense of how dynamic and um, just dramatic the shifts are between and i and i think with them and 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 like i said this is one of my favorite bands in dc right now i think with them the the trick is is that they are not playing in any one particular scene Mm -hmm. i think they're just like we're musicians we like all this very much like what brandon perry is doing right exactly Uh, you know he just put out essentially like a emo synth album yes he did did. (laughs) and he raps on it some but it you know it's it's these kids with vision. Uh, I say mm-hmm. kids, but fuck it. Um, oh, 
uh, who who are ignoring all the different walls that people in my generation or other generations have put up in what they can do. And I'm like, no, what if we just did all of it? Because it's not commercial. Everything is on Bandcamp for free for them. Right. And so there's no commercial thing. And it falls perfectly into what you've been saying for like three damn years, Mr. Dowling. Like if there is no money to be made, right. if there is nothing to be gained, then why not make the best thing you can do? Exactly. Always. And, that's, Always and this cares. is what these guys are doing. and But they're doing it in real time. I think they're doing. You're seeing snippets of it, and it's popping in little albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they put the one that they, I guess, felt more confident in up on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And then A through F is just like, hey, we just we finished it and do it. I have friends that are, that are sweating hard, uh, Sean Barna, like how to release their album right now. And I'm like, My just guy. fucking put it out. Yeah. yeah. If it's good, it's good. And like you, you can't control. Well, yeah. that that song just now like brought the basement to kind of a standstill. Yeah. Like we all just sort of stopped and it's had heavy. to listen because it like right. It's it's yeah. it's heavy. It's heady. It demands your attention. And there's a lot to listen to, even though it yeah. seems so not not simple, but just very um, focused, I guess. Yeah. And kind of quiet in the sense that a lot of music has a lot of things going on that are very loud and separate but this i think there's a lot going on that's very similar and just um subtle which i think captivates attention there's there's a feeling there too of like because the sound is very minimalist there's a sense Mm -hmm. of like the the barrier to uh for entry for sounds is high on that so even though at times it sounds sort of like random and kind of a little um confusing there's actually very few different sounds taking mm-hmm. place at any given point in time. And there's just the sense of like, well, if you're going to, if you're going to put a sound on there, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And you like, you don't have to let a sound in just because it showed up yeah. if it's not doing anything for the song. And, and yeah. it feels like everything in there was doing something for the song. Right. It feels like experimentally intentional. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, that was, that was really nice. Yeah. yeah you know, you know, who actually reminds me of, and then, and we're going to move on to the next track. Uh, which is you again, babe. You get the double shot here. <laughs> double. Uh, never were the way she was, Colin Stetson. I was just listening Ooh. to that today. Yeah. It was from two years ago. And it reminds me of that. Colin works exclusively in in saxophone, and he has made that thing the – there's there's no one like him. And that album's with Sarah Newfield. If you haven't heard it, Vivian, you need to hear it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a gorgeous piece of music. And, and that – Reminded me of that. It, mm-hmm. It's it's like you were saying. It feels minimalist, but it's actually not. Yeah. There's so much going on there. And then, like if you have headphones on, you're just like, whoa. Yeah. is what shit's supposed to do. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, definitely digging Dove, Dove Lady. Uh, and this band, your second pick, <laughs> because there's a cat with goggles on the, on the cover <laughs> and Sam is around here somewhere running around fucking shit up. So tell us. Right. So this... Second one, I think I emailed you like three times today mm-hmm. saying, no, wait, this track. No, wait, this one. But this is one that I found very recently this afternoon um, by a group, a duo based out of the D.C. area. I think originally from the Maryland area, um, but their name is Okoko. I think I'm saying that right. Uh well, I said it, so <laughs> it's right now. <laughs> you are, you're saying it right. <laughs> um, so they perform internationally, which is what they say on their band camp, which is really cool. Um, 
they one thing that I really like is that they're both female artists and that they they have such a dynamic set of albums and set of tracks on their on their band camp. Um, the first album from 2011, which is called Killer Tofu, is really good. And it's shorter than the second one, which is the, one, the, the album that I picked a song off of called Cataraps. But um, the second album is more aggressive, definitely in a good way. Um, and the song that I'm going to be playing is called Deadly Venom. Okay. I've never heard this. I'm excited. Let's go. Biggest fears are my biggest dreams. I'd rather be their worst fucking nightmare. 
the deadly venom. Let me start from the beginning. Yo, we always sitting, so they be no extra innings. The deadly venom. Let me start from the beginning. Yo, we always sitting, so they be no extra innings. The deadly venom. Let me start from the beginning. Yo, we always sitting, so they be no extra innings. The deadly venom. Let me start from the beginning. The 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 deadly the the the. I slept perpetrate hippie. Oh my god, damn face. If you ain't rapping for cold, you a goddamn waste. I'm from this is some hoop. Don't make your ass look dangerous. Now check my words in my flesh. Let me see how do I say this. Trying to be an anomaly is kind of a contradictory. The swag a lot bestowed on me is all you need. Now please believe I'm sneezing seeds in a tissue with an old spittle. Jamming in your ear canal to infiltrate cerebral. The truth is detrimental and their lies are even more so. They feed you that bullshit and you eating every morsel. Uncle Sammy's going to work until you're feeling your torso. Yes, master got you in that chokehold. The pinnacle, cynical. Take a hit up the keepers. Joe Puffin pays repeated. Though highs never achieved. Head up high in my feet down low. We will send to deplete the folk. Deadly venom and stupid flow. That was Deadly Venom by Akoko. And it's one of my favorite tracks from that album. I also really like Primetime and Skeleton Key from yeah. Pillar Tofu. The whole, the, so I bought, you, you sent that, and I was like, oh, well, I yeah. guess I'm buying this on Bandcamp. And, and I hadn't heard that before. Uh, I, any, artist that can successfully catch that like stings englishman in new york vibe mm-hmm. and work mm-hmm. that into that which is not i mean that's derivative in itself but that yeah. i heard that that horn there is just so like dream of the blue turtles is and you, you don't hear anybody even getting close to celebrating that shit and that's fucking it's tight yeah, yeah it's super tight reminds me a lot of like the lupe fiasco mm. yeah like oh seven oh eight vibe yeah, yeah. that uh daydreaming horn sample in there is like gorgeous um my only thing that i that you note and stuff like this is like and i was just talking to a a, a rapper about this recently and we've been talking about this before kevin mm-hmm. is that words are awesome but you could say too many words sometimes sometimes but I, I would counter with flow yeah. can compensate for words, and the flow of that is like mm-hmm. you start and then you just ride it out, out to the finish, right. and like that that rarely happens, I think, in a lot of songs. It certainly doesn't happen in the J Cole record. Hey, oh! <laughs> Jermaine Cole says every word about every topic in the history of the world. I did my album. due diligence, motherfucker, and I hate myself for it. And he said a lot of words, didn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. He said, he said a lot of useless fucking things. And I don't. I'm sad that people are that we love are writing about it because stop. No, it's it, okay. So like, God, just all, aside about J Cole, and also about DC rappers who love J Cole. Because there's a large DC rap, you know, community that comes from that sort of like true school boom bap. I'm gonna say all the words. I'm a rapidy rap 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 mm-hmm. about every every damn thing. Um, it's been rap is almost 50 years old. Rap is Hip-hop as a genre is 47 years old. Yeah. This year. Damn. 47. In 47 years, if, if, if the words that you're about to say have been said for two generations, it might be time for new words. Yep. So are you saying that I shouldn't start out every verse by reminding people that I'm back because they've been mistreating the game? <laughs> and, that, and that I needed to come back and remind people how it should be You should start with your done. enemies. Is that... <laughs> Yeah, your enemies who hate your flow. Yeah, you know, uh, no, it is. God, <laughs> just 
That just it drives me crazy. And and there will always be a space for it in hip hop, but it's a minimalized space. And if there's anyone, and it's it's sad because the J Cole record's having its moment, and it'll open up, you know, for forty seven years of MCs that haven't gotten on yet, bruh, to yeah do their rapidy raps about things that are largely inconsequential right now. But yeah. But but look, if we can get more of that going on in DC, like all of that, just yeah. like all up and down every club every night. Yeah. Just I mean, like, shout out to Odd Mojo. Yeah, like the homie, she's Odd Mojo who didn't want to come on the show, but that's okay. Her I mean, shit still rocks. I mean, it's still it's still a great. It's, <laughs> it's probably, still a jam. It's probably one of the better, I guess, uh, releases out of the city this year. Rap yeah, wise. yeah, yeah, I'd for say, sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, getting on that because that is it's tight. Yeah, super tight, Mr. Dowling. You gonna you gonna you gonna take us home here? Yeah, uh, traveling a little bit back to the past. Literally one of the greatest songs of all time. Okay. Um, so Donald Byrd is a legendary jazz trumpeter, like legendary, like iconic, like his uh his lineage goes back to the bebop era. Like Rudy Van Gelder, yes, did like multiple Donald Byrd sessions in the. Mid fifties, late fifties, right. right? Yeah. So by nineteen seventy six, he is a uh, juris doctoral candidate at Howard University, teaching in the the school of music, and he noted he notes that there is a group of students in some of his classes who are attempting to fuse, I guess, modern soul of that era with classic jazz, and he's intrigued, and he's like. You guys need some assistance. And he jumps in and decides to be a member of this band. Which, as you can imagine, like, I wanted to give people that context because think about it. You're in college. So, Liv, you've just graduated from school, relatively. So, let's say that, like, and let's say that you were in a jazz quartet. And then, like, a legendary jazz artist who's, like, 25 years older than you is like, hey, I'm going to sit in on your sessions. And then, hey, you guys are so good. We're going to record some music together. And then on top of that, I'm going to use my music industry connections and we're going to start playing some gigs. That'd be crazy, right? Yeah. That's literally what happened. So uh, the Blackbirds were opening for the Commodores. And I read this story today in the Washington Post. It's a fascinating little story. And they were just jamming out before the session, before they were for their gig. And they uh, came upon the... The, the rhythm section of what became Rock Creek Park. Like, they were just tooling mm-hmm. around and fumbled into it. And the hook of this song, when you hear it, when we play it, is so minimal. And it's, like, literally just the kind of thing you say while you're just, like, fooling around and playing some songs. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, the great genius of it is that it's so minimal and that it's so driven by the groove and it's so tied into a moment in D.C., where in the late in the late seventies, there was this era where, like, we were talking about it. Where you talk about like Marion Barry preparing to become mayor of D.C., where there was a certain level of African American uh, wealth accrual, where people were able to do things like hang out in the summers in the middle of Rock Creek Park and have barbecues and cookouts every weekend, and mm-hmm. bring the kids out and let them ride their bikes through the park. And the funny thing about Rock Creek Park is that it's this, it's a dividing line for a lot of people between black and white DC. If you go north of Rock Creek Park, the the city becomes suddenly like you know 
70 80% white. I mean, I'd say it's 90% white now as someone who lives up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, also west of Rock Creek Park. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. But the records show we are pretty far east of Rock right. Creek. So, right. So, and, and so it's like, so it was this great space where black folks are hanging out, not past the park, yeah. but in the park. And the, the time of the day that they're talking about in this song is what happens at night in Rock Creek Park. Which, if you were a college student at Howard University in 1976, you weren't going to the club necessarily to party. Mm. You were going to the park and having late night park parties wherein you were, you know, doing all sorts of various sundry things, including, you know, drugs and sex. Yeah, that's right. So this... Beer, <laughs> booze, weed, and making out. Right, I mean, that, so... That's, that's, that's how they did it in the olden days. Yes, so. so this song is amazing because it's been sampled in a million hip hop songs that none of which are, are like hit songs, mm -hmm. but it's, so that means it's a part of the cultural, like commentary of hip hop culture and of rap music, but in a way that like you use this song and this is why people don't like run around and scream about Rock Creek Park all across the world. It's a song that you use to open the door to other songs. So, I mean, in the sense of like, you can't have Bustin' Loose. Right. By Chuck Brown without Rock Creek Park existing. Right. Because Bustin' Loose is basically the rhythm section yep. of Rock Creek Park, just yep. recontextualized. Yeah. There's, and it's a, it's a gateway in that way. So I wanted to shed some light on it because you forget that there's a thing that opens the door. You also forget that history is is always it, it it doesn't stop. Right, of course, very true. But yeah, I, I you've think... scraped one layer. There's another layer that informed this. There's another that informed right. that. Like... And this guy, and this is the thing that goes all the way back again to Donald Byrd, who has the mm -hmm. legacy of bebop jazz mm -hmm. in him. And you, and this is the thing that grooves in a way that like my mom used to hear this in the discos. This was a song that was popular at the Paradise Garage. This is a song that has so like it's so flexible. And I mean, I don't want to talk anymore about it. I want people to hear it because right, I could talk it. about it for hours, but it's phenomenal. All right, let's hit it.
Yeah, that's the fucking jam. That that is. If you, so when I moved to DC, I did not. Um, I knew Gogo, right? Right. I knew that existed, but I I didn't necessarily know the history of this town, how steeped it was in. We we've never talked about fathers' children in depth, oh, right? But, right. But, <laughs> but, but let's be clear, and, and we're not going to play it now. But uh, go out. Numero Group did the work for us, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. They went out and they dug up this album that was recorded in Adams Morgan mm-hmm. that is so indicative of, first of all, it's like every Numero Group album where it's a, it's not an also ran, it's a band that like was regional. Yep. Like you yeah. didn't, didn't get out of, because yep. radio worked differently. There right. was no blogosphere. But, but that soul is in this, it's in all these things. And, what I constantly struggle with, I love talking about the DIY. I, I love talking about like everything that we do here in modern DC, but I struggle with how do we get back to like this, which in my mind is the actual sound of DC. And I, I don't, I, I know like we have people who are interested in it. Uh, you're going to be on a panel, the funk parade. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that, that event is, is only problematic or a little problematic in that, it's only one day, right? Like there's not, and and the organizers advocate for stuff, but not in the way that they throw the money. I mean, they they raised what two hundred thousand dollars. Yes, they did for, for for one day. And meanwhile, we have people like Jamal Gray, who's our good friend, who is yeah, struggling right now at Uptown Art House. Um, and and so where where do we find this balance? Because obviously, there's Jamal knows it. Jamal is the history, right? And Justin Rood and Chris Naum are they they uh, appreciate it, right? Yeah, and 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 so where do we find that balance to to get everybody on the same page that we can draw, like convince the city to give twenty five thousand dollars to Jamal? I'll I'll put it like this: like in in doing like a lot of research just about mm-hmm. the history of this and how it moves like and how it moves like like people wide and like attempting to like. Get into get people in place and space to do the 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 funk thing. Um, you need, and this is going to sound horrible, but it's true. You need a gravitational like uh, you need an event that shapes the area in a way where like a gravitational shift occurs where people are forced to know that they must move. Yeah. So the '68 riots in D.C forced people to realize that they could not do things where they used to do them. So they only did things wherever the space existed for these things to to happen. The Blackbirds happened at Howard University because they had dormitories and they had, you know, like giant buildings where they could do this. Original house shows, y'all. Right, that were safe from harm. Yeah, You couldn't have a a, a street gang is not going to you know, break out, break onto Howard's campus, right? And and destroy their musical instruments. It's not going to happen. And I mean, if you look at like you know, like Father's Children recording in Adams Morgan, like Madam's organ was wonderful because you could be a musical artist and they would just house you there, oftentimes free of charge. Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix spent many. Joe did a whole thing on that, right? Yeah, like, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. But people, I don't know if people understand this. Jimi Hendrix. When he was on the East Coast and touring up and down the East Coast as a gigging musician, which is what he was before he ended up in New York and was found by, you know, whomever's, you know, uh, groupie and was flown over to England. He was a gigging musician, just 
playing his awesome music up and down the East Coast, like outside of, you know, trying to, you know, be in James Brown's band or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was able to just kind of like hang in D.C. for like weeks on end and just play downstairs at Madame's Organ. Can I, Which can existed. I, can I also blow your minds with one just amazing bit of trivia about Madame's Organ? Yeah. Do, do, does anyone here know what that site was originally? Told me, you told me this. It was the first Toys R Us ever. <laughs> was, was where Madame's this, Organ this currently <laughs> is now. I swear to God. I swear so, to God. Yeah. So think about it like this. Like you have to like. Hey, we, we, real quick. Yeah. Madame's Organ, for people who don't know, now it, it's a bar. It, it's gone, right? No, Madame's Organ still there. It's no, still it's there. there. They used to, up until recently, they still had like a Wednesday night bluegrass What was the one that night? closed? That they sold off all the parts. Oh, I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, well, it's that not Madame's Organ. It doesn't matter. Papa uh, Chav ate at the place you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so for people not in DC, Madame's Organ is an establishment in Adams Morgan. Right. Thus the name, uh, puns, whatever right. you get it, it's clever. Uh, and and now it is where uh, douchey, like, frat and sorority bros go to drink. Yeah. yeah. So it, that's... it had, up until the mid 2000s, it still had, like, a decent. Uh, uh, weekly bluegrass night. So Daniel Pearl, remember yeah. that reporter who was um, murdered in Pakistan, and shortly after the start of the Afghanistan war, used to play there. Yep. Uh, I think he played the fiddle, maybe, in oh, a bluegrass band there. Anyway, it used to they have go a through decent, phases. Is what I'm used to saying. have a decent non-shitty scene. My old my old banjo teacher used to play there a lot. Ira yeah. Gitlin. But so there's a there's a need to okay. So I think that there's a space for this to exist in DC presently, in the sense that. But I think the but how do we get there? Okay, the thing that's missing is that people really have to realize just how dire things are. Okay. Yeah. Well, the cost of living needs to go down, right? No, that's not even <laughs> it. Mean, no, I mean, there... the cost of living was still horrible for black people in 1976 in Washington, D.C. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is to start, start maybe answering this question. There's nothing wrong with celebrating something for one day of the year. But if it's if it's really the culture that we this is the culture we want as people like you you're a native oh I absolutely I, I'm middle aged white dude you're from Brazil you're from California you know and but this is the culture that we want here and how do we what can happen that can get it so it's not just one day a year like is it just money do we need like no you have to create the passion and the passion like I said comes from understanding just how dire things are. If there's any one thing, the Treyon White situation, which is Treyon White's uh, the, the Ward 8, great Ward 8 city councilman <laughs> in Washington, D.C., yeah. who um, recently stated that the Rothschilds controlled the weather. Mm -hmm. And he went to the Holocaust Museum in response to, you know, like saying horrible things about Jewish people. And he <laughs> left the Holocaust Museum because he was being, you know, he was being, you know, trailed by a Washington trailed Post reporter. By a Washington Post reporter. And he felt a little <laughs> awkward about it. And he took he took a hundred he's taken a hundred L's in the media. But the one thing about Treyon White's like story that makes it important is that he's trying really hard to like defend a group of people who are black native Washingtonians who live in literally a an enclave. Mm -hmm. And who don't have Marion Barry. Right, exactly. And who don't have the single greatest black politician in the history of American politics defending them so so i guess i guess what i'm saying is let's ask a black dude yeah what do we need to do besides throwing a fucking parade because open a, a, a doors parade is not going to save that a, open, as good as fun as it will be no, for a lot of people it's simple like if you create a dire circumstance that means you open doors for people and you let them play and you let yeah. them do what they do and you give them money yeah 
not 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 it's not a thing of like putting an act on stage and creating shared space so that you know like place making doesn't matter anymore no no you give somebody money and you say do the thing that you do because yeah we know you don't want that job. That job is not going to actually help you do the creative thing that you and that, do best. And that's talking about, we're talking about venues here, which we've talked a lot. I think every yeah. single time we've talked we started about the this, We started the year out on but this. You yeah, give, but, but, you, but you give people uh, you give people money. You take the chance. You understand the community you're in. You right. don't try to erase it. Yeah, you don't say, hey, like just stay over in that corner over there. Or stay in right. that, you know, that, that abandoned... Uh, liquor store on Connecticut Avenue and do that thing. Like, I should be able to see a Coco once a week. Yes. Day jobs or no. Like, that, there should be somewhere, this is not a big town, there should be somewhere where I can go no, around and be no. like, there should be every yeah, place. But this is all- In the 1970s, you could see bands like the Blackbirds yeah. everywhere because everybody in D.C. knew that something horrible had happened to black people and that black people needed opportunities to express themselves. And I mean, people like Donny Hathaway, mm-hmm. people like Gil Scott, Donny Hathaway, Gil Scott Heron, and Roberta yeah. Flack lived yep. in Washington, D.C. the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like, and so, and now. so, and so, the, and so the sort of crazy. the, the like stark contrast to today is I didn't, I didn't know what was happening at Sir Corda until after it happened. Right. Right. Like I just drove past it one day getting off of 395 and I was like, oh shit. There are literally hundreds of residences here that are no that are just gone. Yeah, and I didn't, I hadn't seen, and I, and I drive by there often. I hadn't seen any signs indicating that closure was coming, that the change was coming. It it just totally, and I consider myself relatively plugged into that kind of shit. I had right. I had no idea that Sir Corda was being evacuated. Yeah, essentially, because that that's what it is. It's the forced displacement of yeah. like right. a large group of people. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's that's New DC. It, it's That's totally new DC, and uh, and maybe we'll do maybe we'll break from music sometime and do an entire podcast on that. Maybe. But yeah, I I, I just I, I would call anybody listening to this who, say for example, gave to the Funk Parade, uh, which again, culture is great. People are going to people will go to that and will experience something that they don't often experience, and even if it's a baby step. It's good. You, would you agree with that? Colin? I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, so, so even if it's a baby step, it, it's a good step. So but I'm going to put it like this economically because this is the but, thing. But, that, but let, me, yeah. let me finish. No problem. Yeah. So if you gave to that, look in the show notes for this Uptown Art House, give the same amount to that. The but, amount of people that gave to Funk Parade, if they just, even if they gave half of what they gave, and I'm not talking about like Chuck Levin, like the matching, yeah. even if they gave half of what they gave, to that, that would fund that place for a year. Okay, I'll I'll put it like this: There's like five hundred thousand DC residents that are over the age of eighteen. If they gave five dollars a week, yeah, to go see one show, mm-hmm. that is two point five million dollars. Can the city set it up? Now, you don't city need, sponsored show. You don't even need the city to sponsor it. You you need people. This is this is beyond the city. This is like like now you're getting me like outside of the right, realm right, of right, like right, right, right. podcaster person into like angry human. <laughs> so like like this gets outside the realm of the government. This gets into the realm of like people who own restaurants because every restaurant in the city has a license to be able to have a band stand in front of people who are eating overpriced meals and have them you know like be entertained by people making good music. And if you could take $5 out of somebody's 
$75 bill for, you know, yeah. foie gras, you know, Thai foie gras, egg roll, Parmesan, whatever, artisanal, whatever. I feel like I just had that at my anniversary dinner on Saturday. I'm just saying, it was, right. It was delicious. <laughs> it, was, right? it was more Italian. the bomb, yo. It was, it was really, it was obscenely fucking expensive. Yeah. It was really right. Expensive. But you could, but if, but if $5 of that bill yeah. went to like, say, a Coco standing in front of you yeah. and doing something or Jamal Gray and a jazz yep. ensemble performing as you ate your, you know, right. foie gras, egg roll, parmesan, whatever. Yeah, tuck that tuck that $5 into the wine pairing and I'll never know it's there. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And it works. And that's $2.5 million. And I can name like 100. And if you break that down to like 100 artists, that's like maybe $25,000. Yeah. But if that's if that's the venues that exist, I mean, if that's if that's <clears throat> your solution to not having venues for artists, I feel like that's kind of like a okay. We'll take what you can get. Like a lot of like I think I actually mentioned that when we were talking to April and Vista a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like, and what they said was something along the lines of like that's kind of like a cop out to just have like. Well, it is. It is. And look, it, it, we're talking about baby steps. Right. Baby steps. Right. But you're, you're dealing with like, this is because, because elementary education the, level. The solution is just fund the fucking shit. Yeah. But and I think the, the more important thing yet, is though. like, is, is not like sliding it in somewhere is making it a focus because but this is, and I'm sorry, to, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, because I, mean, I just think that any artist that wants to exhibit their work I mean, yes, they'd be probably be happy to like have it somewhere, but it's a different experience to have it be like have venues for you and have right instead of the oh the culture focusing on something I'll, else. I'll it, it, it is, yeah. and and that is absolutely correct. And I think what also may be correct though, though it is the most DIY instinct to say all or nothing. I'll, but I'll, I'll, and I'll, and that does not. We know this doesn't work in reality. Like, but I'll, it doesn't work in politics. It doesn't, it doesn't work in any space that you exist. You can't get all or nothing. And and so it is about if this is what you can get now, just get get a foothold. But then, if that's the foothold, then where's the ultimate goal? Well, the here, ultimate. Let the, me, I could I could actually okay. talk about talk to what the ultimate goal is for all of this is. The way that real estate is moving in the city right now, there'll be at least 10 venues here in the next 10 years. Where, That's actually All over the place. In Brookland. South, Brookland, which doesn't have a venue, by the way. This, no, sort of. Smith Public Trust. Not, but that's not a venue. That's not like a venue venue. I don't call it that, but they also have shows at Slash Run. No, so. no, but I mean like an actual venue, like a seated, sit-down venue, oh, oh, like, yeah, like yeah, an yeah. IMP-style venue. And for, for our listeners out of town, we're just naming off things around here, but this could be your town. Right. This, this really yeah. could be any town. So, I mean, I think that there's a boom in Anacostia that'll happen. Yeah. There's a boom in Brooklyn that will happen. There's a boom, boom in Petworth that'll absolutely happen. Mm -hmm. There's a boom in that, if you go all the way up Georgia Avenue towards Silver Spring, there's at least three spaces. The Walter Reed... Medical center doesn't exist anymore, and there's enough square footage there to put at least two venues. You know, so I mean, there's there's possibilities for all of this, and I see that happening. But in order to get to there, you just need people. You just need people to like. And here's the the six sad thing about like people, is that like people don't understand that music just doesn't exist. 
that you have to like formulate a, a plan for music to like have venue and have space. You have to you have to like foster a community for music mm-hmm. to get better. Like those are things. Like I mean, that's why people are like, oh, the best music is in Nashville. Well, of course, the best music is in Nashville because there's a community there's a, there's that fosters there's an entire infrastructure. Right, built. there's a community. Yeah. There's an infrastructure that says the best music will come from here. DC yeah. is so far away from that now. Yeah, that just creating the cognizance in people's mind that like music is awesome and it deserves to be respected and supported. I think that's ground level step one. And if it takes me or takes anybody putting people in front of people in places where they are captive audiences, then that's what it takes. Well, there's, you know, there's a, there's an unstated sort of cultural bias um, that we all have in this country, which is to favor free market solutions. Even those of us who are kind of avowedly right. anti-capitalist our idea is like well you need to figure out a way to make it pay and make it work and 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 i keep thinking about being um uh at a i had to go to a meeting in like in groningen in the netherlands which is a couple hours north of amsterdam by train and it was in a, i was um i'm in healthcare, so it was in this hospital and the lobby of the hospital just had this amazing fucking artwork. Like just like like everywhere you looked, there were just crazy sculptures coming out of the wall. Not cheesy, not dentist office grade artwork, right. like really cool shit. And I remember talking to my host who said, well, actually, by law here in the Netherlands, we have to spend something like 10% of our construction budget on original artwork. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. So. Yeah. So. So, so we would, so given our cultural preferences, we might say, oh, well, that just, that just encourages, you know, that, that encourages artists to be lazy, to turn out bad work, to not have to compete, et cetera, et cetera. The reality is you're still competing, but there is a guaranteed pot of money that you can compete for. Yep. And the hospitals or the purchaser, whoever is constructing an, an edifice is still making a decision about who they want right. there. So all of the things that we want the marketplace to do, it's still doing, right? People still have to compete for a limited amount of dollars. Someone still comes out a little bit ahead. Someone doesn't, but there is a guaranteed pot of money to compete for. And 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 you know, when I when I when I hear you talking, Marcus, about about the sort of the population under um, over eighteen in DC, you know, I think I think frankly, because I because I do this too, most of their spending money is going to like Orange Theory <laughs> or yes. whatever, yeah. right? Like Orange Theory is... Fitness is wonderful, though. <laughs> it, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, did not, I did not mean to make this. <laughs> plug for it but, sponsored uh, by orange theory <laughs> yeah. coach coach tiff come find us uh no but 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 i think but i think the point is like like it's not that they aren't spending money it's just that unless you make someone who has the ability to absorb that expense spend money on something that we value as a culture to expect individual creators of that to win in the marketplace seems impractical because yeah. they're not gonna but, because the marketplace yeah. isn't designed to help them win I mean, I think the difference between what you're saying is and what just like the thing that I just thought of um, about what Marcus was saying, like there's artists that wouldn't be acceptable, like wouldn't be accepted in restaurants. Like, no, but like think of like what we just listened to, like some like a noise artist like that probably wouldn't be find a space for him. Right, but Maketa, but Maketa was showing hard. kimchi juice right now, whose whole thing is like yes, animals are. giving people the finger, which is fucking awesome, <laughs> and some of my favorite artwork. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, but yes, I, to I your think... point, like 
like shushu or like some challenging artist that has sexually explicit material is not dinner fair. Okay. Right. Yeah, so which like, is, which kind of goes back to like what kind of like art you're fostering, which is generally not like the is I, is more of like the culturally acceptable. I right. think there's and, space for offensive art in the city right now. I do transgressive offensive yeah. kevin help us we're so up we're like so no, I, the, I, i'm just I, i'm just like I'm, right I'm watching the clock like we're gonna wrap this shit up i'm trying not to like this, every time i jump in on vivian i feel like i'm mansplaining even though i was like we're having a discussion like i no. do you, do you know what no. mansplaining is viv do we have to explain that yeah wait can you like explain this for me i'm really unclear no but I, no it's no. never happened to me so i wouldn't know no, because, um, because i my position is is pretty firm and 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 it is and it is brief like it's not uh it's not subtle it doesn't have nuance i i I stand by that it is baby steps you get a foothold and then you get another foothold then you get another foothold and you keep getting those because that's what fucking life is and there's no difference between art and life at least not. i don't know i mean i just i still feel like there's 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 things in the way of artists that are trying to make baby steps which there are. are. There oh, are. Oh, there are. I mean, well, obviously, but like, but so no, that, but so I think there's a lot. Like, so say like April and Vista, say, say they get this far, then they have to leave the door open. They have to put the shoe in the door and be like, now you all come in. And even yeah. if it's one person, mm-hmm. that one person can get in. And you just, it eventually turns into a flood. Uh, and I'll, that, I'll put, that and that look that is a hippie fucking idealistic no, thing it, view. But, but you but, still have to have people that are willing to invest in your type you of do. art, which I think like I think is a main problem in DC. Is like we we're talking about gentrification and new people coming in yeah. and new um, like like cultures that aren't historically from DC coming in, oh. and that affects the art that those like the the art that those people are willing to pay for and willing to appreciate and willing to look at and listen to affects like like if it's a if it's a totally consumer driven thing which i mean art is that affects the art that has the possibility and the potential to thrive can can somebody listening to this give vivian a goddamn job so she can advocate so she can fix this shit because like you know you know what the fuck to do i'll I'll put it like yeah i'll put it and it takes somebody like you to, to like get in that space to like like, look, this is what we're doing, and like, cut down fools who aren't having. Any I, part oh, of I the love play. cutting I down fools. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus would know. <laughs> Guys, R. R. I. P. Dowling. Marcus. Marcus is dead. I'm so sorry to have to break this news on the podcast, but. <laughs> The human once known as Marcus K. Dowling simply is no more. He deceased. We all we all witnessed his death. And may he rest in power. Mr. Dowling, what were you gonna say? You is it relevant anymore? I mean, I was just gonna say this. Well well, A Viv, you just killed me. But um All right. And uh secondly Hey, maybe was... you're a genius and you just think you're a fool, like <laughs> Who knows? Okay. So, in in all seriousness, (laughs) I was having a conversation with some kids in America recently, and they brought up the fact that, like, Sarah Godfrey Mm -hmm. birthed Marcus Moore. Mm -hmm. I would be nothing as a writer without the influence of Marcus Moore in my Hmm. journalistic career. Brianna Younger 
got into the game because Marcus, myself, and Sarah put our foot in the door and said, of all of the writers, and Julian Kimball too, the, the young African-American female wow. who's a student at Howard University is going to get to walk through the door. So it works. Yeah. This whole concept that we're talking about that sounds convoluted as hell and hippy-dippy and silly actually works in real life. So there's like Sometimes. actual precedent Sometimes. that it, it can logically be a thing. So outside of dying, Viv, <laughs> there's, there's real <laughs> space to do the thing that we're talking about doing. Yeah. It can actually be successful. Cool. Yeah. So, so I invite anybody listening to this, like if you have ideas for this or want to get involved with it, first of all, hit up Jamal. Cause like he, had, he this is this is Jamal's life, what he's doing. And yeah, that's, if that's you're something not, I, if you're I not, need to do. So I'm it, just gonna it, I'm just gonna say it publicly it, that yeah, I, I'm gonna. If you're not if you're not gonna give Vivian a job, you need to hit up Jamal. Uh, but then uh, go and and talk to the organizers of Funk Parade. Challenge them, like to to it, that very specific mission that they have for that. See how they can act, be carried into the year. How you can continue to raise money like throughout the year to do this and and that is that's only one little small part of how we get this all going and stuff but um like as sad as it makes me like it doesn't happen uh none of this happens in like houses in dc the creativity the seeds happen there but it has to happen like out in the public it has to happen like knocking down the doors of venues and being like you have to do this to survive in our community because you're now like an invader in our community like you are the capitalist enemy i, I wish andrew grossman was here because he, <laughs> but, but no you i mean you are you you have to plug it, it it we know this as people but you have to if corporations are people you just gotta plug in man and you gotta know that mm-hmm. you have to play a part and if you decide not to play a part then people are gonna talk shit about you and eventually that shit talking turns into like you don't get no more dollars. Is that right, Marcus, or not? That's absolutely correct. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out, and uh, we'll we'll get out of here. Five songs you should hear too. Go see Devil at Coco. They've brought the heat again. Again. Got to see. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to Marcus, Vivian, and Eduardo coming down. Uh, it was a good time. It was a good hang. Uh, also got to hear some new music. That a Coco uh, band is the jam. I've, I've since listened to the album a lot more. Cataraps and uh, it's it's amazing. So uh, maybe a Coco, if you're listening, you want to come hang out, talk about music. Maybe you'll show up on the next one. Next sounds of Washington D.C. Uh, as far as the conversation, the back end. So we have a couple ways you can. You can give us feedback, and this is what we're looking for, actually. You can always leave it in the comments section, but if you email it to podcasts at chunkyglasses.com uh, and you have any feedback, or if you want to come on and talk about it, uh, if you have thoughts about how we fund the city, especially like how do we get money to up-down art house? Uh, how do we get money 
to places that are willing to support more local artists, uh, but really just lack the funding. Because if one thing we know about New DC is that it takes a fuck ton of money to do anything. And um, and then uh, together, we'll all figure this out. And maybe if we figure it out here, uh, then we can like go to other towns that have this very same problem and uh, help them figure out. And then all in all, we'll live in some magical Trumpless utopia where arts are a priority and everybody has a home and food and music and painting and art and drama and everything and all that. That is my dream, at least. Uh, and with that, we are out of here. We're going to be back next week. Going to be talking about Joshua Headley and uh, probably Janelle Monet. I just heard it. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to say a damn thing about that album. You'll hear it on Friday. But, uh, but yeah, so... Get ready for those conversations and a lot of really, really great stuff coming up. And uh, looking forward all the way to June. I just want to tell you guys, a friend, Phil Cook, friend of the pod, uh, he has a new album coming out and we played a song off of it. They just released another song off of it today, Miles Away. You guys are not ready. This is going to, this is going to uplift your soul and and give you joy that you did not know was possible. That's that's my my full review of that. So that that's going to be coming up and. Uh, Hopefully he's going to be touring around. He's a busy dude, but hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him. And then by proxy, you will get a chance to hear the man himself talk. So looking forward to that. Uh, So we'll be back in a few short days. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, Get out and see some live music, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!